well-being is the shape of the heart it's a, maybe this is an evocative evocative phrase don't quite know what it means <laughs> what shape how can how can a quality such as well-being have a shape to it it's just the quality it's just the mood isn't it um, you could see it like that Mm -hmm. there are different kinds of ways that we experience feeling um, one is the feeling that associated with the uh, say sense contact touch sight sound thought particularly thought and mental ideas and mental interpretations are very evocative give rise to a lot of strong feeling yeah so we look at something and feel this is shocking this is terrible it's a strong feeling don't want it this is beautiful feeling pleasure want that and so in this way feeling pulls us around or pulls the heart around being pulled around the shape of the heart is rather stretched dragged out sometimes the weight of disagreeable perceptions you know things are going wrong i can't manage it's too much work to do i have all these problems with my family uh, the weight these perceptions feel like like a density and the heart feels crushed the unpleasant feeling is crushed heart so there's both a feeling unpleasant and the heart has a kind of shape to it it feels crushed broken broken hearted broken hearted crushed heart all twisted up so many things going on i can't manage it feel really twisted up scrambled scrambled heart <laughs> Yeah, fiery heart on fire so though the language doesn't immediately make sense to a normal way of referring to things uh, it has an actual uh, a kind of truth of direct experience your heart feel cool cold warm hot scrambled steady spacious tight knotted up smooth those are accurate enough references in, in my experience to what's occurring in the heart realm uh, and what's called the fine material it means uh, there's obvious materiality seems to be obvious materiality tangible things things we can touch with our fingers things we can see with our eyes this is called the karma loka sense realm you have rupa loka which is called the realm of form or perhaps fine material form as distinct from the realm of sense form and this is to do with energy which is something like a material you have a lot of energy you feel you're bursting you know you can feel very expansive so it's certainly got some sense of a, a quality that you can detect as a real palpable experience it's not physical you see in conventional science tends to see things or at least it used to see things i don't know i think now quantum it's changed used to see things in terms of physical stuff rocks trees physical bodies and there's mental stuff thoughts and ideas this is the old platonic model and very much classical model you know thoughts and ideas are just somewhere in, in the mind you know they have no actual you know substance to them and this is what we like we think this is the superior 
then you have physical stuff which you can move around you can hold it you can change it you can shape it you can break it you can use it you know, physical things and this uh, this view <laughs> misses out <laughs> the very significant area of the heart which has got a certain uh, tangible quality to it driven rushing uh, uh, excited uh, so it's definitely a, you feel a quality there you know, or heavy heavy-hearted and the language still says that we think it's being poetic it's actually just being accurate describing what we all experience um, and maybe dismiss or think oh there's something wrong with me or I'm in a good state take it as ourself I'm broken-hearted I'm light-hearted you know I'm spacious I am we do it, take it like that this I am is actually referring to chitta and it's best to see it as you because then you can relate to it if it's I am then I just am it I am broken-hearted I am heavy-hearted I am twisted up and I just feel I shouldn't be this way I want to be another way and so we start reacting to it uh, but actually we see it much more as oh you jitta you're really feeling very heavy now heart you're feeling tangled now mm. what's needed oh need to relax need to drop something oh yes need to remember that's not mine need to remember oh that will pass and heart changes shape oh become strengthened become spacious becomes bright and uh, the more we can cultivate that we might say the natural shape of the heart when it's not dragged out by the sense world or the world of thought the world of memory those energies those effects that's a good quality of stable well-being to it and so the buddha is saying this is the highest kind of happiness this is the this is the happiness you should oh, you know I, I encourage this happiness and it can become quite refined uh, to very uh, warm subtle spacious states and once we begin to acknowledge that it, it, it does help to change perspectives because then we begin to see all that um, you know certain certain habits certain pursuits certain behaviors certain reactions tend to twist it up oh, oh, don't act that way and you know come out of it and so in this realm of the heart you see we're not dealing with external things my children my job my boss my car my, my health what's going to happen in the future these seem to be held externally I can say they're in, you know they're, they're out there what can I do about them I'm in here they're out there what can I do about that so I, well, I try to make it this way I try to stop being doing that I'll try to make them another way uh, and this is sort of the way that the un, unfocused or unwise or unfulfilled um, person will try to manage their life yeah. dealing with things that seem to be outside them yet are causing them concern or excitement or worry that's the way the average person operates so they plan what they will do 
in case this happens. Then they'll worry about what they did do and what other people think. Yeah. And all this can be quite well-intentioned. But in all that, we're holding every, trying to hold everything together. So I've sorted out the past. I believe that. I've let go of my grudge towards that person. I've let go of my fear of that. I, you know, and I'm trying to do the best I can with this person. And I'm, you know, trying to get my job done in a satisfactory way. And also, you know, um, make sure I'm getting on okay with my relatives. Uh, and then also look after my health. And then make sure the house is fixed and I've got some insurance to cover things in the future. And also to meditate so that I can get calm again after doing all the rest of this stuff. <laughs> and it becomes a big, big project. I'm trying to hold my life together. Uh, which is quite reasonable understanding. Um, and then you hear a phrase like the Dhamma upholds those who uphold it. Because rather than being the busy person trying to hold their life together and make it work and come up with the right answers and the right possibilities, could it be possible that that particular model of me separate from the rest of what's going on, trying to manage it, could change into something else. And uh, the Buddha said, well, this, this is definitely possible. The problem is the sense of the isolated me who's trying to hold it all together and get the results that they think they should have they become a source of a burden, they become a weight, and they judge themselves as being inadequate or precarious or uncertain, or they judge themselves as being not as good as other people, or they imagine that so-and-so doesn't like me because I'm not this, and I did that, and they know I did that, and they have a problem with me. Yeah. So they concoct a whole world of, of scenarios and possibilities that also have to be dealt with. This position of the I am is extremely busy and um, takes a lot of work. <laughs> you know, and it's not, it's not in a state of well-being. And you feel that you try to, well, actually, the heart doing in a situation? How does it feel? What, what's the shape of your heart? Huh? What do you mean? shape of my heart. Well, if you have to say, when you're looking at what you're doing, or you're, some of these mental occurrences are happening, your concerns and worries and possibilities, if you had to use one word to sum up the overall experience that you're having, just one word, you might say, oh, uh, oh, um, oof, busy. Okay, busy. And anything else? Just stay with that. Strained. Strained. Mm. Um, feel really uh, overwhelmed. Flattened. Oh, you, you got it. That's the shape of your heart. Uh, it happens to be the most important thing. Because if the heart's in that shape, it can't access the strength, the vitality, the warmth, the lightness, the freedom that is its true gift and strength and capacity. And it can't experience a sense of you know, relief. Because wise heart recognizes rather than being 
there being things out there that I have to deal with, either physical things or even mental things that I have to deal with, what has to be acknowledged is feeling, perception, reactions. The interface where the world touches me, apparently touches me, me in the world, where the world is touching me. I look in the newspapers and think, oh my goodness, you know, economy's going bad, climate's going bad, COVID, oh dear, you know, all this going on, oh dear. Just feel helpless, overwhelmed, you know, frightened, terrified. You know, just the one word. Heart is, is shrinking. It's shrinking. It's wavering. It's shrinking. And what's needed? Steady, stop, pause, take a breath, return, take a breath, steady, okay, here we are, and the feeling and the perceptions move through. Right, what can I do now? This causes an open question. I don't know what you can do now. You don't know what you can do now. But when you get there, you do what you can do now from good intention. And, you know, it, you, know you can think it could be better. It, it might be better, it could be better, but you're doing what you do from good intention and somebody else might do it another way or, but that's their, that's their way. Right now you do what you can do from good intention, simplicity, restraint, uncluttering, uh, conscience and concern, uh, kindness, sensitivity and so forth. And just keep returning to that because that's your home base where the heart is able to naturally express itself and manifest and uh, and bring its values and qualities into your life which is your life not the world's life the world will roll on you will die and the world will roll on probably not even barely noticing it So living your own valuable life in a crazy situation, dealing with feeling, perceptions, how things strike us, how the impressions that arise and the effect they have, heart is affected. And saying, okay, so how is that? It's not saying it should be another way. It's not saying you shouldn't be so sensitive. It's not saying you know you shouldn't be upset. It's not saying you should be able to be stronger or better or calmer or cooler or more equanimous or more peaceful or wiser. Yeah, yeah, we all should be something better than we are, but right now we're this. <laughs> You know, and how is it going to get any wiser, better, so forth? Not by wanting to be another way, but by fully bringing mindfulness, clear comprehension and deep attention <laughs> and a wise response to how it is now. Because how it is now is not a self, not a person, but a state of heart. And if the state of heart is like this, then our Dharma practices, we acknowledge that and we witness that and we have compassion and awareness of that. And what is it? How is it? What's needed? And you don't have an idea what's needed. It's not like you have a little book or a medicine chest. You whip out particular things. You have to ask the heart what it needs and it to find itself. 
Often it just needs to be asked what's needed. You feel a sense of sympathy. Oh, I just needed to stop and ask myself, hey, where am I? I just needed to do that. Where am I now? Here I am getting into agitation about this person who I live with or the person I go to work with and getting all twisted up and letting them ruin my life. <laughs> you know? Okay, what's needed? Just look after yourself. Don't wrangle and tangle. Don't hang on and don't, you know, just come back into your own chitta. Bring your chitta back to home, to its natural state. So this is wisdom and compassion. And the agent is careful attention, which means you begin to ask yourself these questions. They're not questions that are aimed at getting a verbal idea, so much as to getting a simple point, a reference point, that you then, uh huh, how is that? So the simple reference point is the one word. Call it the one word. You know, being choked, strangled. Uh, okay. Because it, it's pointing, yoni so points to the origin, the yoni, the source, and the source of all experience, your experience, the, the beginning of your world is in the heart, where these phenomena rise from. Right? They rush out, the energies rush out and configure thoughts and responses. That's where the world arises in the heart. And that's where it comes to rest in the heart. And that's where it's managed, handled, steadied, released in the heart. So that's where we point. This is Yonisoma and Sikara pointing to that. Then you point and it will tell the truth. It may not say it in a word, you have to, what is that? Feels kind of tight. Feels scrambled, scrambled. Yeah, that's it, scrambled. And when you get the right word, you can feel almost a resonance. The heart goes, yes, told the truth. Scrambled. <laughs> ah, that's it. Yeah, now I know where I am. I'm scrambled. <laughs> Now this may not sound like good news to know that one is scrambled, but actually truth is always good news. Truth is always good news, even if it's a truth about something unpleasant, because then you can actually master it. All dhammas converge on feeling. They are mastered by mindfulness. Wisdom exerts authority over them. They open into liberation. So mindfulness, just say it as it is, and there's that resonance of truth. There's no blame, there's no criticism, because it's only one word. It's not saying you're scrambled and you shouldn't be scrambled, you're just saying scrambled. You place your mindfulness of chitta. Mindfulness turns to the chitta. Sits on that, rests upon that. It's just that. So with mindfulness sits on it instead of the reactions and the I am's and I should be's, then what I'm supposed to do is just the sense of feels this. How is this? And because we are mindful of or bringing that quality of steady non-self attention, so one of the characteristics of mindfulness is it, it changes what seems to be personal into something transpersonal. This is a 
function of mindfulness. So rather than I am in a mess, very much a personal situation, which if there's immediately agitation to there. Oh, there's a mess here. There's a mess here. See, it's different. That change from I to you or to you know something. That, that's the shift of, that applied mindfulness brings around. You know, and the Buddha says, you know, the nose, the contracted jitter is the contracted jitter. The jitter affected by passion or aversion. He knows that. The jitter that's expansive. The jitter that's, you know, it's just that there's no, no I am about it. And that transpersonal mode is telling the truth. Oh. And the quality of truth, it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't react, it just stays. And that has a calming effect, a steadying effect. Because it's not a spinning speculative doubt. Maybe I'm this, maybe I'm this because of that. I'm always like that because of this happened and I'm this kind of person, which just creates more movement. Now we're operating in the what's called the fine material, the energetic domain. So any extra energy that is applied goes in will actually create more energy. Right? So we say I am this way, and it's oh I shouldn't I shouldn't maybe I could try and be this, or I should need to remember to be more mindful. I should be more mindful in the future. How do we get mindfulness? All that is putting more mental energy into it, isn't it? All that requires mental energy. So by doing that, more energy is going into something. It's not steadying anything. It's just adding more to the mix and stirring everything up. So the quality of sati is just a steadying energy. It's not adding more or even subtracting anything. It's just neutral. And it has a steadying effect. The energies of the mind then are held. Ah, you know, the image of the water, the bucket full of muddy water, and you shake it around trying to get the mud out. You say, no, just hold it steady, and the mud sinks to the bottom, and you can pour the clear water out. This is sati, calming effect. By itself, it does it. So I don't do it. And sati does it, mindfulness does it. We linger in that. And then you can return to those objects, those mental phenomena, those concerns and preoccupations from a wise perspective, a stable perspective. Yeah, and so we, we might, okay. You hear this, this thought process, you've probably had this thought many times before, right? You've thought about this quite a lot. A lot of thought has happened around this particular topic about people not treating you well or you not being very good or whatever. You've probably thought that quite a lot. Where, where did that take you? Frustration? Irritation? How did it shape you? I felt pretty driven. Um, you know, yeah. Did it take you anywhere useful, good, pleasant, peaceful? No. <laughs> Is there any need to keep that thought going? Do you need to have that thought? What would it be like to be without that thought? Don't get rid of it. Just, well, just imagine what it'd be like to be without that thought. Who would you be? Who would you be without that thought? Strange. I've had that thought going on for the last 15 years. 
every now and then it comes back again. What would it be like to be without it? I wouldn't be me anymore. Do you want to be that? Take your time. Do you need to be that? Since it didn't work and you complain about it a lot and you feel embarrassed by it. Yeah. You have something else you could be instead. How about being this quality of steady, open, kindness now? How about returning to your true shape? So it's uh, it's an open question. It must be open because that's the nature of uh, truth. Truth is open. It means we don't know it right now. We we know when it happens. We know there's an openness. And you want to fill that openness up with, oh, well, I'll I'll be this. I'll be that. No, no, no. Just open because let the heart express itself not through this tangled medium of I am where the energies get very tight and oppressive the I am energies get very urgent and oppressive and twisted instead relate to the different kind of energies which are cooler steadier more spacious relate to those, acknowledge those, those are possible. So we're not really, you know, getting rid of a person or complaining about a person, but acknowledge the energetic basis that the mind, the heart is being held in. And one of those bases becomes so frequent one of those patterns of being held, the heart being held, the heart being driven, becomes so common that we think it's myself because it's been happening for the last 40 years. It must be me. And I keep acting and there's action that occurs on it. So I've, I've lived a life around these patterns of obligation. Got to get this done. I should be another way. I'm only this. People don't think much of me, therefore I need to be more than I am. I've got to make sure I get ahead. I've got to make sure I'm good enough. And I've got to get to the good results because that's what I've been trained to do and told I should do. And that shape has taken over so much that I assume that's my identity because it seems to be there all the time <laughs> or keep returning. Well, it's certainly a strong habit. I'll grant you that. But notice how it's never satisfied. Notice how it never really stabilizes, feels comfortable. Notice how it always needs more energy, draws more energy into itself. How it's insatiable. Got to do this, shouldn't be that, need to be this, must remember that. Now it's always trying to hold everything together and it can't do it. It's a bad habit. It's got good ideas. I want to help everybody else, make sure things work so she feels comfortable and, you know, do right things and work out how it's going to be for the future. It says good, it says some good things in terms of thoughts and even emotions. But when you contemplate the shape of it, well, it's insatiable and it's not satisfied. It's never contented, so it, it complains about itself. It make, makes life into a burden. Is there another way that one could try 
just an experiment. Do we need to keep that habit going? Is there, a, is there an alternative? Better. I'll have it. I'll try it. We'll try this. Feeling your body, presence of your body. Notice how it breathes in and out. Settle into that. Ask yourself what is kindly, how that feels. What is resolute, how that feels right now. What is not demanding, but, but uh, aspiring. And stay with that, sit with that, walk with that. And then just see, give it time to see what kind of thought might come up from it. And sometimes it takes quite a while because the particular possibilities that arise from that are not the stuff you can just get in the supermarket. They're not the immediate things you've heard that you've been talked to, told. They're not the things you just immediately jump into mind because they've been dumped there. When you're trying to get some wisdom coming up, you've got to let it cook slowly. First of all, what don't you want to do? Don't do this. Had enough of that. This one doesn't work. Good, good. Clear out the clutter. Clear out the clutter. And then just start winging it. You know what I mean, winging it? It means kind of guessing. I've been doing this all most of my life, winging it. I've had a whole life of winging it. Uh, it's not always been, it's not been a success constantly, but I, I kind of trust the process rather than prepackaged. Uh, you know, got it all planned out, worked out. This, 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 and this year I do this, year I do that. I just, just wing it, feel what feels right, and you know how you know, work with that. But then you really, you know, you, this is the perspective that we can come to, as the Buddha did. He looked at life in terms of birth and death, not you know social duties, but hey, birth, death. You know, look at the big picture. What are you doing? Death is walking right behind you with a sword. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, whose life are you living? When death cuts your head off, somebody else will do the job or the job will fail. But you know, one day death is going to cut your head off. And so you recognize that, that, you know, is that true? Yeah. So live, walk the life based upon truth, the truth of the heart. And it, you know, it may not seem <laughs> good from the outside, but most things that look good from the outside aren't really that good. You look at the, you know, the so-called leaders of our societies, you know, particularly the political leaders, and just think, how do you live like that? You know, constant distraction, lies, half-truths, bluffing, you know, and sometimes just really, really unpleasant states they get themselves into. And celebrities straining to be popular and famous and beautiful and, and you know, winning and all that. Athletes trying to be the constant winner, broken hearted because you can't make it. I want to get out of the race, actually. That's the best way to win the race is to get out of it. But they say, oh, that sounds good, but you know, life has to be full of social duties, responsibilities. I, I 
Well, that definitely happens, doesn't it? And some of it's not particularly agreeable. Yeah. But then we notice feeling disagreeable. One of the questions was about, you know, about how I, I had worked with responsibility as an abbot, leader of a so-called leader of a community, which is a little bit of a half truth. Because <laughs> I've been to go to a lot of, uh, you know, business meetings and discussing the affairs of the monastery, you get a sense of a lot of the responsibility demon comes, the, the perception of I've got to make this work, I've got to make it stay, I've got to make everything work, people comfortable and happy, and, you know, of course, you know, people are at times and times they're not comfortable and happy, and sometimes they're disagreeing with each other, and sometimes they're not following the rules and so forth, and you've got to, okay, let's work this out again, you know, and you think, oh, well, you've got to steady quiet and down you know so it could just be peaceful and you know i remember when it all just stop be peaceful and you realize important to recognize the only thing that's going to be peaceful is your mind the rest of it's never going to be peaceful <laughs> conditions don't get peaceful the only peacefulness you're going to find is in your mental approach like Okay, we'll take this in a moment of time. What can be done? What can't be done? What we have to just bear with? What's uncomfortable? What we have to accept? Discomfort, unpleasant feeling is like this. Disagreements like this. Okay, get wider, spacious. Keep in shape. And let things pass and change and see what's possible. And sometimes we go to these business meetings where the various committees that support the monastery meet and they have all kinds of business. They want the abbot and senior people to be there to listen and to make sure everything's going properly and to give feedback. And I just can't understand what they're talking about, <laughs> you know, because going into budgeting and accounts, you know, like, uh, accounts, budgeting, does that mean you know, and so this is a projected budget, adjusted, seasonally adjusted, projected budget. Does that mean, what does that mean, good or bad? <laughs> now, that's the negative column. Oh, dear. Is that a problem? No, not really, because we're expecting in the, in the next quarter, you know, this will happen. So, really? This is a projected budget for 2023 or whatever it is. But that hasn't happened. No, it hasn't happened, but we've got to project so we can balance our expenditure. And here's the last year's accounts. I'm looking at these facts and figures and spreadsheets. But, you know, <laughs> so only time I ever had money, it was like pieces of paper in my hand you spent. It wasn't figures on a spreadsheet. So my mind doesn't really work very well. And it's dealing with possibilities. And then you have legal issues. So somebody says a legal issue about property or about an inheritance, and you can't understand the language, legal language. The aforesaid mentioned above mentioned party, which we should now call party X, has hereby assigned themselves to come into a contractual arrangement to, what? <laughs> it means they've said yes. Oh, why didn't they say that? Well, this is legal, see, legal language economic language, budgeting accounts. I think, I'm a monk. I mean, I, I, can, I like chanting, I can do meditating, I can do, I could manage a bit of the scriptures. I don't understand all this stuff. And the greeting goes on maybe two hours, three hours, and three hours, you just, you've got this sheet of papers on the desk, you're looking at it, I can't follow it, I don't know what they're talking about. But, so I say, I'll make the tea. I can do that. I'll make the tea for everybody. <laughs> I make a cup of tea, get everyone comfortable, calm them down, say you're doing a good job. That's the bit I can do. <laughs> I'll do that bit. They say, oh, thank you, Bunty. It's so wonderful to have you here. That's fine. 
So, and, you know, so rather than going to this kind of unpleasant state of, oh, I'm a really stupid, brainless idiot, I can't understand things, and everybody's, you know, wasting people's time, I can't keep up with this, and why does it have to be so long? And it's just five hours, we've going for five hours, and my goodness, when is this ever going to end? You know, you get those thoughts coming up. This is no good, this is just tightening you up. This is perception. This is feeling, this is a feeling of feeling overwhelmed. This is a feeling of feeling lost and confused. Perception of feeling lost, confused, overwhelmed, an idiot. <laughs> uh, feels like this. Get used to it. Get over it. <laughs> okay, how does it feel? Like scrambled, tight, tense. Just relax. There's a chair underneath you. Uh, the table in front of you is breathing and breathing out and as you sit there steadying what would be good just say oh thank you very much john that's a very good idea i agree with you oh that's really good thank you steve that's wonderful right right yeah just be nice to people i'll go and make some tea for you all that's the bit i can do so I'll do that. That's my contribution to, to running the monastery. Just make the tea and be pleasant and let other people sort it out. It's something I can do. Oh yes, I can I can definitely do that. I'll do it. But I can't do what I can't do. Yeah. But if I can sort of return to that basis, then I can see what I can do, which is perhaps the piece that other people said, I've never thought of that. That's a really good idea. Oh, thank you so much for that. I say it's nothing. I just, just seem natural. Hmm? Do what's natural. Stay in your proper shape. Do what's natural. And somebody will appreciate it. Probably somebody won't. But you'll feel you'll feel okay, and you won't get yourself tied up into a knot. You won't find yourself judging yourself because. Those natural actions don't come from the self. They just come from naturally straight from the heart. They're not like, now I've got to try to be spontaneous. <laughs> Have a great idea. Just relax that. Feel stupid. Feel, I don't know what's going on. Relax. How is that? How's that? Can you breathe out? Widen, soften your attitudes. Oh, I can smile. That's what I can do. Start there. Start there and see what comes after that. Once you've found your natural shape, where you feel well-being, see what comes from there by itself. Just trust that. Try that approach. Try that approach. Because when the heart is restored to its proper shape, you know, this is where the really rich stuff comes. This is where the great beings arise, great heart gestures of courage and initiative and warmth and aspiration. I want to do this just because it, I feel good in doing this. Just because this is my truth, I'm going to offer some teachings. I don't even know what I'm going to say, but I want to, I want to put myself into that if I can. If people ask for it, I want to be there and see what happens. And it brings it up. The heart doesn't need an I am sitting on top of it to tell it what to do. It needs the I am to get off it, to let it do what it does. Yeah. It might be a thing, oh, you know, just following every emotion and crazy, you know, no, 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 no. No, I'm not following every emotion. I'm holding the heart with mindfulness. Mindfulness is holding the heart with right view. Right view, there is such a thing as good. There is skillful action. There's the beautiful results of skillful action. Mindfulness is holding that. 
mindfulness is holding right intention. There is such a thing as harmlessness. It is a great value. There is such a thing as non-violence. Gentleness of speech, it's of great value. It doesn't distort you. It doesn't twist you up. There is such a thing as simplifying restraint. It gives you strength. It gives you nobility. It keeps you clean and clear. There is such a thing as sensitivity, absence of cruelty, fellow feeling. It brings out the best in you. Be mindful. Bear this in mind. This is your true shape. This is the shape that you lose when you get infected by confusion, reactivity and the programs of the world. And when we look at the programs of the world economy, where does that go? You know, crazy, frenzy, stress, polluting the world, using all the fossil fuels, using up the Earth's resources. Seemed like a good idea, didn't it? Get as wealthy. Look what it does. It just consumes everything. Consumerism. Consumerism's a massive disease that's eating the planet. And we call it productivity and growth. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You know? It looks exciting and interesting. This is the this is the gloss till you look at all the rubbish, the trash heaps mounting up. So we, we don't follow the way of the world, follow the way of the heart, ask it, do you need to be this old habit, what would it be like to be without it, don't be addicted to yourself, break the addiction to being your old self. Then return something true and beautiful. So, offer this for your reflection.